Welcome to the Madness and Grace podcast. This podcast takes its name from the book, Madness and Grace, written by Dr. Matt Stanford, CEO here at the Hope and Healing Center and Institute. Research tells us that when most people suffer from a mental health crisis, the first person they turn to for help is not a physician, a psychiatrist, or a social worker, but a pastor, a priest, or a minister. In other words, a leader in their church. The book Madness and Grace is a comprehensive guide for church ministry to alleviate this situation. We decided to name this podcast after Matt's book because Madness and Grace is exactly what we'll be discussing, mental health-related issues and topics, and how those interplay in our own individual journeys with faith. To begin this podcast, we just wanted to introduce ourselves, me and Matt, as the co-hosts, and let you guys get to know us a little bit. Matt, why don't you start us out? Yeah, thanks, Emily. Well, I'm Matt Stanford. I am, at the present time, the CEO of the Hope and Healing Center and Institute in Houston, Texas. Uh, But for most of my life, I was a university professor, mostly a research scientist, Uh, I don't really teach that much. When I did teach, I taught statistics classes. My doctoral training is in neuroscience, and my main area of research most of my career has been impulsive and aggressive behavior, particularly the neurobiology of that. What causes a person to lose control of their behavior, or how how do we control our behavior? Uh, But I became very interested in uh, mental health and faith. How do people with mental health problems, uh, how do they... Uh, engage faith communities, uh, what happens when they go to those faith communities, and and what role can faith communities play in trying to help this mental health crisis that we have in the U.S. Uh, I'm married. I have four kids. Three of them are adults. One's in high school. Uh, And uh, what about you, Emily? Yeah, so my name is Emily Clyburn, and I'm the marketing and communication specialist here at HHCI. I started here in May of 2021 as the donor relations coordinator in the philanthropy department. And since I've been here, I've really found my footing as part of the great team that we have here at HHCI. My job is to make sure we get as many folks as possible to learn about us and, you know, our mission of improving access to mental health care. I'm really grateful for a job where... I not only get to do what I went to school for, but for a place that is doing such important work. Um, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And a little about me personally, I grew up in Corpus Christi, Texas, to a family very heavily involved in the Baptist church. Both my parents led worship my whole life. My dad worked as, as a volunteer pastor as well. So as I've gotten older and I've become an adult, I still carry that faith and those values that I learned growing up with me. But like almost everyone here at HHCI, mental health issues have affected my own life. They've affected my family's lives, a lot of people I'm close with. So as a co-host on the show, I'm really excited to represent those listening who aren't experts in the field, might not know how to navigate struggles that life will always throw at us, but I'm eager to learn more And yeah, just be a part of the conversation and in the stigma around mental health care, because there definitely is one. And like you said, especially 
in faith communities and how that can really have an effect. Yeah, yeah it's definitely something that uh, impacts everyone's life. It, you know, whether you know it has impacted your life or not, it, it's impacting you personally or family members you know or coworkers you have. So right. no one is untouched by mental health issues. But unfortunately, uh, it is something that we don't talk about very much. Uh, and in the church, I think, uh, you know, we sometimes kind of over-spiritualize the issue, perhaps, and uh, and people can get hurt. And, and really, that's kind of how I even came into this, is that uh, a really good friend of mine, uh, my wife and mine, uh, has bipolar disorder, and, and she was really hurt by a, kind of a another friend of ours, uh, and hers that was a pastor that, that really basically just kind of minimized her experiences and, and her problem and really suggested that they were just the result of kind of a lack of faith or, or sin in her life. And, uh, and, and it was really damaging to her. And, and, you know, when I saw that at the time, you know, I, I was, was a professor at a university and I was studying aggression and uh, I wasn't really interested in the, the kind of interaction of mental health and faith issues. But, you know, we all went to the same church together, uh, and I didn't believe that. I thought, well, what's, you know, what, what is it that he believes? What is it he, how does he think that? Why does he right. think that? Because uh, I certainly saw how it damaged her. Um, you know, it wasn't a, a constructive or a helpful thing that he had said to her. And I knew her to be a, a great person of faith. And so, uh, you know, I really kind of started to get interested in, you know, why would someone believe that? I think that's kind of really was kind of the beginning. I really, there was no thought in my mind, like, oh, I'm going to completely change my career and, uh, and start looking at this. But uh, I, I kind of thought, well, I'll look into that. I, I remember I actually uh, put a little folder in a, in a file cabinet. This is kind of in the pre-internet days, if mm-hmm. you can imagine. <laughs> uh, and uh, I just put a folder in a file cabinet. And I thought, well, I'm going to just cut out little news articles I find or when someone says something I'm going to write it down, just throw it in there. Maybe one day I'll write a book. Yeah. I really, that, that's what every academic, every professor thinks. I'll just write a book one day and fix everything. So, <laughs> right. uh, so I'd started throwing things in there and, uh, it, uh, it really became kind of an obsession over yeah. time, uh, because I found that it was, uh, it was something that was something that people never really talked about. So, um, people in the churches I was going to, they would, that had mental health problems or the family member, particularly a child with a mental health problem, they would pull me aside and they would ask me questions in private because, and they would ask me a lot of spiritual questions related right. to that. So it just became uh, sort of become kind of an obsession and mm-hmm. really it ultimately kind of took over my whole life and career. And here I am today and here we are today. I mean, what about you in, uh, in the churches you grew up in? Is that something you ever ran into? Yeah. You know, like you were talking about, I feel like a lot of people, not only my age, but who grew up with all I've ever known is Christianity and the Bible. And it is one of those things that you hear, you know, well, just pray about it. As long as you have faith that God's going to do what's right and what his will will be done, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, I just realized there's got to be more. There's got to be more than that. And HHCI is the first place that I've ever heard of that is kind of connecting the two, not kind of connecting the two, very much connecting the two. Um, so yeah, I, I can attest to that. I have, you know, family members who struggle with addiction and, 
it's one of those things that it's hard. It's hard to talk about. And I'm glad that we're doing this podcast so that we can talk about it. And hopefully I can be a voice for those who might be going through the same thing and know that there are people and there are resources out there for you. Yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, that's the thing that it's interesting kind of when I look back, it's, it's almost like I heard people say different things and those things stuck with me so much that they, I couldn't get them out of my head. So, um, and then there's the suffering that you see, you know, when you, it's easy to tell somebody when you've never personally known someone who had a serious mental illness, it's easy to tell somebody that might be struggling with some worry, not Mm -hmm. necessarily an anxiety disorder. They're just worried about stuff. Yeah. Uh, that, oh, well, you just need to pray more. You just need to have more faith. But you'd never say that to somebody who had cancer right. or diabetes or any kind of what you think of as a physical problem. And, um, you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, my training has been in, is in neuroscience. I have a PhD in neuroscience. And uh, so obviously I come from a very biological uh, background about the brain and looking at behavior from a biological perspective. And, you know, I mean, I... Certainly, there are environmental factors that affect mental health issues, but to tell somebody that has clinical depression or OCD or post-traumatic stress disorder that they just need to kind of think their way out of that, I mean, that is, that's a horrible thing to do. I mean, because you, you just wouldn't tell that to somebody that had, you know, a heart condition. But it's just as physical as, as those things. But, you know, through the years, I remember people saying things. The first time I ever heard this, I was probably an undergraduate in college. I was at dinner with my girlfriend who became my wife. <laughs> and some guy in the restaurant, he said, he was talking really loud. And he, he said out loud, well, you know, no true Christian would ever have depression. And that's all I could hear him say. I heard him say that, and then and then I couldn't hear what he was talking about after that. It wasn't that I was eavesdropping. He just said it really loud. Right. And that just stuck with me. Like, what what does he mean by that? I mean, does he mean they can't have clinical depression? Because I know Christians that had clinical, you know, I know them that have clinical depression. That doesn't, what was he even talking about? And then uh, once I kind of got into all this, and, you know, I, I wrote a couple of books, and I started doing a lot of research in this area, uh, I remember coming across a guy who runs a ministry and he said that the reason that he didn't believe mental illness was real was because it wasn't in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. So that just kind of, I was obsessed with that. So I, you know, I, as you know, I've written several books and most of those books, I talk about people in the Bible that show the signs of mental health. My mental health problems are, they cut across cultures, they cut across time. Right. Uh, You know, we may not have called them mental health problems, but, you know, they're pretty clear. And so... Uh, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that attracted me to come to Hope and Healing Center. I've done a lot of research around trying to equip uh, churches or faith communities with trying to serve people better. Yeah. You, you know, and I know in the, the intro, you said, intro to the podcast, you said that people with mental health problems are more likely to go to clergy before they go to, to a mental health care provider or a physician. And that's true. And but we know that a majority of people never receive any care yeah. uh, in the U.S. And so we, we miss an opportunity, you yeah. know, and, and I think that's a divine opportunity. I think that's, I don't think it's an accident, you know, as a person of faith, I don't think it's an accident that pe- that God sends those people to those churches. And I think we should be equipped to serve them and minister to them. And instead of just kind of giving them some kind of trite, yeah. well, you just need to pray more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, hey, I'm all for prayer. I yeah. think we absolutely should pray with them and pray for them. Uh, but I also think that, you know, God provides physicians and God provides treatments and God provides 
therapies and and, mm-hmm. and you know and so my interest in coming to the Hope and Healing Center was to say hey can we can we do something that's never been done before can we equip faith communities to be real front doors in the mental health care system and can we change that number where people the majority of people do get treatment but at the same time can we test uh, integrated therapies that incorporate faith and uh, and, and things like that. Can we, you know, can we do this from a level or at a level where uh, people would say, you know, this is really excellent work, regardless of whether it has faith in it or sure. not. Uh, and so, uh, you know, that's been kind of the exciting part for me. It, uh, you know, we do change a lot of lives. We see a lot of people uh, get better. And I think we've, you know, we really made an impact, at least in the Houston community, uh, in the faith communities and, and the integration of that do you think uh, the church you grew up in? Do you think they would have been open to having mental health services integrated into their ministry? You know, I actually do. So my dad, like I said earlier, was a volunteer pastor, um, and we've moved around a lot. So we've been at a few different churches, but the one we spent majority of our time at and serving, a lot of the people who came to the church were homeless. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people were very low income. And my dad was telling me a story just the other day about how he had someone come in and tell him, I'm going to commit suicide. That's what I'm going to do. And nobody can help me. And and I just wanted to let somebody know. And you were who I thought to tell. And my dad said, that's, that's one of the biggest things that ever stuck with him through his time serving was the shock of hearing that and not really knowing what to do of course, he called the police and, you know, he talked him through it as much as he could. But wow, to have had this resource, our Gateway to Hope program, where we're integrating faith communities, I think that would have been something that he didn't even think about as a resource, but would have really come in handy. So, um, but I think that I'm also a bit of a special case. I don't know if every faith community, every church is open to the idea yet. I mean, we're in 2023 and... Well, I can tell you they're not. Yeah. (laughs) And I was going to ask you, have you run into people still not wanting to have that conversation? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And, you know, and I've, I've done a lot of research, you know, we've done studies of different uh, pastors and churches and things like that. And there is certainly a subset of, of Christendom that, uh, that spiritualizes mental health problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about the, the kind of extremes of the faith where a person might say, well, you should never go to a doctor for anything. You should just pray. Because yeah. there certainly are people that believe that. It's a small, small number of people, and it's, they're way out on the fringe of, of the faith. That's not a common belief. But you find, uh, you know, churches across denominations where it's, you know, individual churches where people within those churches believe or even the leadership believe that, you know, this is, you know, depression is just a spiritual thing. Anxiety is a sin. You should never be anxious. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, again, I think a lot of that has to do with experience. Uh, I think a lot of that has to do with just kind of a naive understanding of your brain, uh, which is an organ like any other organ. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just an inconsistent theology because if, you know, if you think it's okay, I mean, I literally have had a person tell me that you should never take psychiatric medication because that shows a lack of 
faith in God's healing ability, but that same person takes heart medication. I mean, it just, yeah. it does, it's not even consistent. And so I, I think a lot of times what people do is that they think they understand things like depression and anxiety because they've been sad and they've worried. Yeah. Um, but that's not the same. When I say depression, I mean clinical depression. When right. I say anxiety, I mean an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say, you know, step back for a moment and ask yourself, do you understand what psychosis is? Do you understand what it is to not have a grasp of reality and to believe things that aren't true. And, you know, for instance, I think people are out to hurt you that, you know, like some conspiracy, um, people tend to say, even people that would spiritualize depression, anxiety would tend to say, Oh, well, that's, that's a real illness. Yeah. Uh, because again, they don't have any context. So, uh, I think that's my hope for the podcast. That's my hope for, uh, the hope and healing center that we can help educate people. I'm learning like everybody else. I mean, it's been a journey for me, as well, I've been doing this for a couple of decades now, you know, researching this stuff and writing around it and, and trying to put it in practice now for almost a decade here at the Hope and Healing Center. So, you know, my hope with the podcast is that, you know, we would have conversations uh, with leaders in the field that uh, can talk about, you know, say, for instance, talk about clinical depression. What is clinical depression? What causes clinical depression? How do you treat clinical depression? But then also... What's the faith aspect of that? How do you think about that from a faith perspective? You know, instead of just kind of jumping to extremes and just saying, well, that's a sin or that has nothing to do with faith. I know both of those are wrong. Yeah. You know, and so, uh, you know, what, what, does, what does the Bible say about that? And, you know, what, what, what do believers uh, say about that? So what, you know, I think that's type of thing, you know, I want to be able to do on this podcast and, you know, have a conversation. And also, you know, as you and I've talked, I'm really excited about, uh, the possibility or, or hopefully as we move forward, uh, answering questions of people that they send in, because honestly, I think, you know, when we do our training and our presentations, the best time for me is the questions, because that's where I learn stuff because yeah. people will ask something that I, I never even thought about. Uh, and, uh, you know, so, you know, I'm hoping that uh, people will send in questions and, uh, we can get a, you know, kind of get a, a sense of what, you know, what their pulse is out there, what they're interested in knowing, be that a question, a theological question uh, related to mental health issues or a personal, you know, I, you know, I have a, a daughter who has an illness and we've tried this and I don't understand why this hasn't worked or this or whatever. So uh, I'm excited about that uh, as well. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a new journey for us, for both of us mm-hmm. to do this. And uh, I guess we'll just have to see where it goes, but I'm excited to have these conversations. Yeah, me too. And like you said, really hearing from listeners and being their voice, asking you those questions and um, everybody has a different situation. So like you said, we see people from all walks of life come in with such niche, you know, issues that Mm -hmm. they want answers to. So thank you so much. And if you guys do have a question that you would like to have answered here on the podcast by Matt, you can email your questions to me at contact at hhci.org. I'll put that in our show notes as well. We're going to be releasing episodes twice a month throughout the rest of the year. And we can't wait to discuss all the things that we're looking forward to. Yeah, we got some great guests coming up. We're yeah. going to talk about depression, I know. We're going to have a, a, a podcast on medication, psychiatric medication. We'll be talking about the role of the faith community in uh, mental health care and the mental health care system in general and a lot of other 
uh, topics. And the more, you know, the more we hear from you, the more we can add in topics that, uh, that you want to hear about. But I'm excited uh, to have these conversations. If you want to know more about the Hope and Healing Center, uh, you can just go to our website, hhci.org, and you can learn about us there. If you'd like to learn more about our training, uh, which is called Gateway to Hope, which trains in faith communities. We also train in schools and in workplaces to help kind of equip those places to be front doors to the mental health care system. You can go to mentalhealthgateway.org. Uh, that's where all of our training and all of our resources for that are located. Cool. And something we didn't really touch on yet, but I'm sure we'll talk about more, Hope and Healing Center, we have a hope line. So it's not a crisis line, but it's just a place where you can call and just talk it out. Um, Our hope line is open seven days a week from 5 to 8 p.m. And you can call and receive 30 minutes of free counseling over the phone. And we have a network of over a thousand referrals. So I'm going to leave that in our show notes as well. And that's central standard time. For instance, you happen to be listening to this outside of that five to eight, we hope to increase that. And also this year, we hope to go uh, to bilingual uh, on that line. So we're excited about the things that are ahead. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. And thank Thank you all so much for listening. Um, We will talk to you soon in our next episode where we're going to be discussing the church's role in mental health care. Go in depth a little bit more about that. So, yeah. All right. Thanks so much.